All right, you guys, welcome to this episode of The Outrun Show. I'm Travis. I'm Jesse. I'm Justin. And on today's episode, we're chatting about uh, video games and the influence on parkour or parkour in video games. Stores got a Kickstarter out for uh, doing their own video game. Not a fan of Kickstarters, but I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of them. Yeah, just go for it. Well, we'll, we'll support them. You guys should support them. I'm going to try and support them for their, for their video game project. We're going to see where this goes. We want the... The opportunity in yes. the community. Yeah, you can be in a video game if you uh, if you so if that's been one of your major motivation uh, goals in life. Yeah. This is your chance. Oh yeah, they'd probably be uh, looking for motion capture talent. Well, they probably are the motion capture talent for that one. Probably are. Mm. No, they have a, a reward system in there. Ooh. Yeah. If you, if you drop like 150, you can be in the game. Are you oh. serious? Yeah. Well, that's a cheap price. That is a pretty cheap price yeah. for that kind of talent. Yeah. Well, there we right. go. Anyways. There we go. Now you're in the game. <laughs> All right. So there's a price on it. I like it. The economy. The parkour economy. <laughs> uh, we talk about sort of where that takes us with um, action movies, our inspirations, um, Hong Kong cinema, Jackie Chan's. We talk a little about Hollywood, some John Wick action, if you guys are John Wick fans. Um, you can find out if we love or hate that type of thing. Um, and then we talk a little bit about parkour's history and do we owe um, some nods to some of these uh, media resources? Did parkour have digital founders? All that and more on this episode of The Outrun Show. I don't like it either. I'll tell you, senioritis okay, is kicking in to, on you. Do you want me to do this too? It's not the senioritis. No, I've never senior. liked it from the start. Yeah, it's yeah. senioritis. But I mean, that's, you never liked school from the start. But now it's getting like you see what could be. You never liked school? What? No. In his example of like senioritis. Yeah. Jesse's getting senioritis for this gym right now. I'm getting. I haven't had Oh, no. Come oh. on. You guys, you guys have known that. that I just don't like things from the start. I'm the inverse of everywhere. Where people are like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm like, that sucks. That's yeah. dumb. And then I go in reverse and where I'm like, actually, it's pretty cool. I like that a lot. That's pretty dope. I just feel like senioritis like validates your reasons even more. So if you already had an excuse not to like something, the fact that it's almost over makes it's it even easier to hate it. Yes. See, yeah. I heard you say senioritis. And I'm already getting older. I think like it was because he, Yeah, I was like, I was having trouble <laughs> sitting. Is like, yeah, his his I don't know his hip flexibility or something because he was complaining. I was like, you mean like senioritis, like elderly, like geriatric? <laughs> geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you mean like, oh, you're a senior in school and you're having you're like tired. You're just tired. He, of it. He's, talking, just he's talking about gym senioritis. Yeah. Uh, like like when you're moving to a new location, you know it's gonna be better. Like our new place. I don't have it. Mine goes the other direction. Like, like him. Mine goes. I started thinking about it. Like last night, I stayed and trained alone until like. You never alone. Purple man. <laughs> the purple man is always here. The purple man <laughs> is always here. But last night I stayed and trained alone until like after nine. No class was done at seven thirty, and I stayed and trained alone because. I was just like mm. trying to soak it up and enjoy yeah, it. I understand that. But that's like, that's the easy part. That's like if school's over and I just hung out in the middle of the high school and jumped on over things, I could do that all day. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the hard stuff, like sitting on these sushi rolls. Mm, like not I enough know, room for the camera. <laughs> when I know there's some office chairs for me waiting and a nice desk and some windows 
Yeah. Yeah, windows with mountain views. You where the views right now are metal. It's like <laughs> X nightclub ceiling. Yeah, well, you got two windows, and normally they're covered with spider <laughs> two webs. Windows? <laughs> yep. Two ground floor windows. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm pretty tough to even emergency escape out of. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you can. You probably break them. Mm-hmm. They fold in. Mm-hmm. But in the future, in New York and Hawaii, then we have the ability to see see through all the new windows. Yeah, I've been telling parents that because uh, when we close our mezzanine again, I was like, uh, the new gym will have glass garage doors, so you know you'll be out there, but you still see in. And, <laughs> <laughs> and all of them were like, again, like some people were like, well, awesome, and some people were like, that's still rude. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. But yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be great. And certainly, having natural light of some sort will help a ton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. a desk with chairs instead of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can pivot. So you can we can spin. Imagine all the things Travis would get mad at me for, for fidgeting. For fidgeting, he get mad at you about everything. You know, just get my separate, my own camera, so that you can just stop showing my face when I'm fidgeting. Yep, that's what's gonna have to happen. And your own mic. Colin's like, no. Justin's fidget <laughs> spinner <laughs> corner. It's just your face, and you're just doing weird. Yeah, just put me picture in picture. We should just get like a like a Justin, Justin like a counter for each episode. Like Justin gets up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Justin checks <laughs> his phone. Dink. Yeah, the Krillin. Krillin own count. Krillin own count. Yeah. <laughs> One more uh, Justin Fidgets count. That'd be hilarious. Fidgety guy. So Storer has a video game that they're trying to kickstart. Yes. Did you watch the little uh, intro video on it? Yep, I did watch the intro. I it feels definitely more like a sports game to me. Like when it when he showed um uh oh, I forgot his name. When he did that really big gap, the one he just did recently. Colin? Uh what did you say? Colin? Colin. Um, and then he lands it, and then the people are cheering around him. Like, that. that's obviously, it seems more like a, yeah, like a skateboard game where you're in a gym and you're, and you're, um, you're practicing just the moves. There's no story. Like, sometimes I feel like, what was that skateboard game that came out really early on? And it was the crazy one. You would grind, like, all over the city, and you had oh, missions. Uh, on uh, Xbox, it was yeah, Jet Set. I, yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what I was great. thinking. Like, and I think when I, when people say parkour game, I think Mirror's Edge, uh, where there's a story and there's more like sci-fi element to it. But this one seems like it's just going to be straight up like training parkour in a video game. Yeah. Which like I, skate. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, like skate. Um, I'm not quite sure that I would enjoy that as much. So, I definitely play video games for sci-fi elements and not... I don't. I, 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 I'm not, I don't enjoy video games when I'm playing them, and I can just do whatever I'm doing in real life. Definitely don't play football games or soccer games. Um, so I'm. I'm interested in it. I'm still not sure if it's going to be like first-person perspective, which I like better. You like first-person for parkour because Mirror's Edge. Because if I'm comparing Mirror's Edge and Assassin's Creed, and I think about which one was the better parkour game, Mirror's Edge is. I think Mirror's Edge is, is the true. standard for yeah. parkour games. Absolutely. I, was, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's it fine. was very tight uh, in terms of controls. So, I thought, although if I'm being honest, I think Dying Light might have edged it out a little bit. Really, it was third yeah. person. Do we we played that? Uh, Dying Light was first person. Yeah, 
Yeah, you have it. Okay. Okay, it's the game we were playing the other day. Where yeah, we were laughing with zombies. Quite a bit. Okay, yeah. yeah. And you guys are running around at night <laughs> trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah, no. Mm. I think I think Dying Light had better, like, it felt more parkour to me Why? than Mirror's Edge. Like, what um, Because, like, my biggest frustration in a, in a parkour game is when I'm, like, trying to go for something and then my character does something completely inefficient. Like, instead of jumping over a rail, they run up to the rail and then hop over and i'm like no just hurdle the thing right and um dying light being released what four ish years after mirror's edge <laughs> quite a while like the first one came out quite a while after mirror's edge so they had a long time to refine those mechanics there was like a window of time where if you'd hit the jump before the rail you would go over mirror's edge had the same mechanics they just weren't as clean mm. that's all but mirror's edge was yeah a fantastic I, mean, I remember mirror's edge you're like wise. being able to tack off a rail like a vertical rail in Mirror's Edge. And that was like the fastest route. Yeah. That's what I really like in Mirror's Edge. Like if you were quick, and it was definitely more PC game, but if you were quick enough, you could do very close things to what you saw people in your life doing. Like, so based on what I saw from- Have you not played Mirror's Edge? I've, I've watched it. Okay, you it. might have to play it. Cause I'm sure it's yeah. like two bucks on oh, Xbox yeah. Live. Uh... But it's worth it because it's, uh, it's like, it's very simple. There's not, it's not like, uh, you know, you like, don't like the, the games where have menus, they have a menu. There are no menus. Really tough for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, menus. Yeah, that's, that's all. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Travis likes to like start the game, press Y, start shooting. Yep. Or Very kicking. Simple. Yep. Yeah, I'm definitely more of like, as soon as there's like a story or something to read, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I was just, ugh. So yeah, but I think it's cool. I think it's really cool that this, because it's there, it looks like it's their initiative, right? Yeah, so what I think they're doing, and I don't know, but it seems like based on what they were talking, is they were trying to sort of recreate some of their moments. And from a branding perspective, that's just really intelligent, right? Is to make iconic in a digital fashion what we already know is iconic in reality. Like, so if you look at like Manpower Gap, stuff like that, mm -hmm. IMAX, these spots, right? Then we know those spots because of parkour videos, mm -hmm. but would we know them more if you were younger and into the into the video game scene and you just played it like you get, like yeah. we all know digital landscapes pretty well if someone came mm -hmm. out and dropped like the halo map and you could explore it we would all recognize it if someone built it in reality you would know early halo maps that just made me think why didn't we just make our gym hang them high from halo <laughs> <laughs> We had the height. Yeah, we could have just built a Halo map in this gym. Uh, because that walkway that spans the map is absolutely a, a liability. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, at 60 feet so in the cool. air. <laughs> we might have time. But the problem is we take we take uh, fall damage. So <laughs> You did in Halo C. Right, did you fall mm. damage in C? Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, you know that's sort of the game right is to some degree understanding their different challenges and if you want if you even look at those gaps that gap was the gap from uh, uh the uh roof, roof culture asia and it was the gap in korea that they did so that that little sample was an actual spot and what mm -hmm. they said in the video was that you can do our challenges you can do our time trials you can do you can do a lot of the um, iconic shots right so if you're a fan the question is is the fan base big enough to sort of live out yeah. in a digital scene the parkour experience of of their content right i think if i'm being honest 
they they do better not marketing to poor poor people. Um, it seems like it worked. Like, there, I mean, uh, you'll get you'll get pledge. hardcore people regardless that are that are going to be interested. Oh, just encounter. Quick. Ding. Yeah. Um, you'll get parkour people interested anyways, just because they know. But when I think back to like Tony Hawk's like skate games, because that's that's really the best analogy of of what this would be like. Um, you can look up interviews that. Um, Tony did and he he'll say he'll be like I didn't expect the game to take off at all I expected to just be like yeah you know some some skaters would play it in their free time it'd be fun like whatever and he was like and then I got that first big check from EA and he was like it blew my mind mm. he's like and then when we poured into the demographics of who was playing the game the majority of people that played the game and liked the game weren't even skaters mm, yep. they like didn't me. even have an interest in skating they just wanted to check out the game and I think that's that's always where video games have existed, right? Mm. Video games aren't there to enhance who you think you are, though there are games like that. They're there to help you experience something you'll never get to experience, mm-hmm. or you just don't want to invest the time to invest. Like, I would play, and I have played, like, you know, Tony Hawk's Underground, right? Underground, that's what I'm thinking of. No, Jet Set was the crazy one. Underground wasn't that crazy. Underground, Underground was, was like the one where you could literally like skateboard across the, like you could jump the city almost, right? Can you imagine you what that in most of them? But can you imagine what like a skate fan would have to say about that? Like Justin's enthusiasm was that you could jump the city, and I'm sure like a skate fan would be like, "This is not even possible." What? <laughs> right? But like no, I'm saying, saying those guys don't. Yeah, they don't. I mean, having been in skate culture, uh-huh. that's not. That was never really like a thing they cared about. Oh, okay. At least speaking for me and my group of people but yeah so i i think they'll find that their demographic of people who play the game aren't going to be parkour people for the reasons justin said originally Mm. we'll check it out because it's cool and it's in our industry but will we be the biggest fans probably not the Mm. biggest fans are going to be people who haven't done parkour who enjoy the idea of it Mm. and want to experience it you know vicariously whereas we're going to be like okay i'm just going to go out at this point right well yeah i i do think there is an element where because i'm never going to do the gaps on the top of a skyscraper so it's kind of cool that it's like they're getting very close to the level of uh detail and realism uh and that they did the jumps themselves so i imagine that they're going to put some of that experience into the actual that's true game mechanics yeah so that's kind of interesting to me because i'm never going to do a jump like that so to play it you know I think it's I, I think as video games get further along, especially with this new console series and PCs going where where the resolution is just out of my is blowing my mind. I don't know if I could play a game that's it, it doesn't look quite as finished and experience that in the way that I I would like to, but I'll still give it a shot. But also see. if you look at like Explorer, the nature of exploration um, in video games, some people are into that. Like Candy, my wife is really she doesn't like a lot of shooting and violence she just likes to explore maps and to me that's like that's just being lost right so I'm no man's like, sky is, is candy's game. <laughs> oh really yeah i don't i don't know i don't know that game I, i'll buy it for her okay <laughs> <laughs> she does all go look around in a map and i'm just like oh you my god space this is and go to planets and yep. material. that's she would love that just like chipping away at like some gem in the dirt yeah. or something like that's her thing like I, for me it's like but with parkour you have such an opportunity um, on a gaming landscape to 
it's like the physics change, right? Like what can a person do that's somewhat believable? And in video games, you're often suspending your ideas around physics or manipulating. And that's why I think skate works really well is because you're on this board and we sort of now our belief about what can happen in motion just goes away. Physics goes away. And you're like, I imagine I'd skate there. And even though like physics don't work for skate, you don't understand skate physics that well. So you're just like, okay, cool. There's a tool, but this is just people. So I think a lot of the cool stuff could be like a first person, like I think a first person VR perspective that was as close to real as possible um, of those root gaps would be nuts. Yeah, it's gonna have to be third person. You just can't appreciate the the visuals of the sport if it's in first person. Really? So Mirror's Edge, yeah. Well, think about so think about Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge was was like it was a combative game, right? At its core, you it was well, a movement based combative game. Where you're like you're fighting, but you're not really doing like you're not doing flips. You're not doing oh, these yeah. like crazy stylistic free running moves. You're doing purely utilitarian parkour, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're trying to get to a pot, a spot, or something like that. And that can be experienced in a VR like situation very well. But if you're doing a flip, I'm just mm-hmm. if I'm in VR and my character flips and I'm not physically flipping, that's gonna be awful yeah that's and true. i've experienced flipping so like what are you going to do with the visuals are you going to see the ground rotate because that's not what you do in an actual flip right like most of the time you blink and the flip's over so what if you did it in third person like you're playing during the, the character flip. yeah and then if you if you achieve the if you stick the landing if you unlock the challenge then it does like a real that's a first person perspective of the jump when you finish it i could see it being like a like a combat finisher where if you yeah. if you hit you know the button presses correctly then it goes into third person for that for that sequence and then goes back into first person that's something but it's gonna have to have third person elements. well i mean i mean primarily first person but then go or third person but then goes to first person to experience the success of the jump. uh so like you hit the jump and then it goes back into first person right yeah. and actually it'd be kind of cool it if be. you just if you did the game which is obviously not going to look that real i mean we're gonna get close i would be surprised if it looked you just know gameplay it's just it's an independent dev team and yeah, the yeah, budget's it may not, the budget's not gonna be a triple A title. So yeah, I mean But if I, you got the POV like cam shot inside even if they just, you know, treat the the video in a way that makes it look a little less real, but is the original like GoPro, you know, footage from POV that you see when you unlock the technique, it kind of brings you back into reality and it's like, oh wow, this really happened. And if you're playing the game, you're like Okay, I'm jumping over a building, blah blah blah. But you don't realize that someone did it. Yeah, it could be kind of cool if, yeah. if they wove content in like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they really should. That'd be that'd be pretty crazy. That'd be awesome. Because then people who who didn't know that these stunts were performed in real life, right, could get that hint. Because if you know the content, I can already spot like all. I'm like, oh, I've seen them do that. I've seen I've seen that content there. But if you're just playing it, like you're saying, considering a lot of these people would just be like, oh, there's a new parkour video game, and it's like real parkour. It's like in martial arts, there used to be like that. Oh, there's a fighting game, and it's, or there's a fighting movie, and it's like real fighting. We like we all understood there were still some rules. Yeah. Or like people with MMA, and like, MMA is real fighting. It's much closer than a lot of things, but you know, mm-hmm. still not real. It's not like, yeah, real in what you you're imagining. This is the upper limit of what could happen in any scenario, when you know it's not war, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's kind of like it's. Both we we reasonably suspect that both parties will walk alive out mm. of the ring. Yeah, 
that's why it's yeah, there. Those objectives aren't as violent. So then knowing, oh my gosh, I'm playing something. And then if you unlock the, the Easter egg is that you experience the, or see the actual jump. And that could pull people back and forth into the content, which I think is pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. So I think that the, the difference is in going out and making a game that's supposed to represent parkour and being inspired by content like movies um, and action cinema and um, those sort of witnessing videos that people have actually recorded are like coming from two different perspectives. And that's why it may or may not work because now we're in this situation where we're like, we're like taking what we do and then we're trying to do it in a video game versus seeing someone do something and then trying to do it in reality. Mm-hmm. So it's flipped. And so I want to talk about what we've seen before and how that's influenced what we do in reality. Now that we've talked a little bit about wanting to do something and then doing it digitally and <laughs> in a video game. So have you guys seen before? My, my, my uh, sort of jarring uh, proclamation was, I don't think that parkour could exist without action cinema. The way it is yeah the way it's practiced today. the way it's practiced i don't think parkour and by action cinema you're including like early youtube videos and that yeah i mean i would specifically even specifically cinema i i would i would go as far back as like 70s probably like hong kong cinema and then everything from there all the way up through today uh yeah yeah i mean it of course it's been shaped by what people have been able to visually see in terms of how it's spread. But I, I can't think of anything that I've watched and then been like, Oh my gosh, I want to go out and do that. Like that thing, that exact same thing. I've always taken the emotional spirit of something like, I, of course, you know, I grew up watching like Jackie Chan films, mm-hmm. um, and Jet Li films and being really inspired by the athleticism that I've seen there. But I've never been out there and been like, oh, my gosh, like what he did in that specific scene, I want to go out and try there and like grab a ladder and try and dive through the like the ladder and then carry it and spin it around and knock a couple of people out. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right? like I've never wanted right. to try those specific things, but I've definitely taken the energy and the emotional like charge that I've got from watching that and and channeled it into my practice. But I don't. And this is maybe more me personally, but I don't think I've ever that's biting. I try not to bite. You know? Oh, you feel like that was a little, that was a little bite. A little bite? Yeah. Oh, that's to hard. be like, see somebody uh-huh. go do something and then be like, oh, I'm going to go do that same thing. And then like film it and post it and try it. Yeah, that that feel a little, felt a little disingenuous to me. Yeah, that's because I know uh, I did this with dance. Because uh, um, I did, it was parkour first. I, we were doing parkour like every other kid was doing parkour before we knew what it was. Uh, and then uh, there was, and then dance got, thrown in there because somehow along the line jesse and i were learning break dancing moves early on in elementary school and to learn those moves i would just copy youtube videos there mm. was uh, multiple um mm. there's like a, a dance series on youtube that that uh, was from the guys who made um oh man i'm forgetting channing tatum's dance movie step up step up the choreographers for those made a youtube playlist and so i remember watching those and copying a lot of the dance moves um from there and that would direct, I would directly mimic it. Mm. But for parkour, I feel like there's only a couple of times where I really saw someone do something and I wanted to do it. So that was 
you know, Kong Gainer from Daniel Hobach when he first did it. I remember uh, learning Trinity flip. So Trinity from the Matrix, her flip uh, off the wall while she's shooting upside down. I remember trying to learn that flip in uh, in mm-hmm. parkour classes. She sideways on that one. Yeah, she takes the opposite foot across and then steps the nearest wall or the nearest so leg like to the wall. wall oh, that's right. Yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah like she's going mass. this way along the wall. Yep. Right? Yeah, flips. So there, so wall that GMS is, with automatic guns. Yes. So <laughs> that context, <laughs> I do front. see it, but it's only I could only pinpoint it a couple times. I remember the first tunnel flip from three run. Uh, so I remember practicing that one. So I very specific moves I can remember, but in terms of like practicing parkour, the, I feel like a lot of parkour it, back, you know, before 2013 was like trying to invent your own move so that other people would copy it. Mm-hmm. Like he was always trying to be more original. And I feel like that felt more like um, if I was an actual B-boy, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they practice now is trying to be really original. Instead of just copying, right? Yeah. You're trying to do something new. I asked I asked a easy user b-boy coach the other the other the other day I was like okay what is b-boy value more originality or like like uh being clean like the ability to like copy what someone else is doing and make it like perfect from there or the ability to invent something new and there's a cultural difference there around innovation that I think really we see the innovation piece come from the west so when we look at like Jackie Chan stuff a lot of what made him special was that he was taking essentially what was the Beijing opera stuff and then in a movie environment, including that in like chase scenes, right? So mm-hmm. he was, he was, he was um, improvising that. Um, and so many people have pointed, have pointed this out, but it's, I think it's you know, coming up as a topic again or whatnot. Um, the, but the uh, inspiration to do those things, it's like we're on, you're, we're, it's like we're another layer back to some degree because parkour's already got already got momentum at this point, right? So like parkour's already happening. There's a culture, we know it has a name, we know what it is. And then you're like, okay, I'm watching other parkour people and I'm gonna try and do their moves. And then I may or may not, I don't think that's coming from movies or I don't think that's coming from cinema or whatever places for inspiration. I'm already looking at them, but that's after the culture is established, right? And a lot of these people are going and, and drawing inspiration from other places in, in the early creation of it. So my but the premise i was trying to to make was that i don't think that without essentially hollywood and like hong kong cinema you could have it uh really hollywood i don't really feel like i've seen anything in hollywood that i haven't but that was i'm willing to go out and say i haven't seen anything yeah that i've seen in hollywood that i want to do like that makes you want to do it that yeah in in terms of parkour that yeah. I've seen and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so original. In fact, I'm like, well, you're about four years late on doing that. I think the only one that would come close would be Casino Royale. Um, the, yeah, that OG chasing. Yeah, but I, again, there's not a move in there where I was like, oh, I need to go train that move. But there is, that is, in fact, I, I would wager that's one of the most authentic representations of parkour we've seen in Hollywood media right yeah like the the elevator like shaft jump that he does where he mm. hits the the like concrete lip yeah for, before the elevator's finished where he goes from one floor hits that and then like essentially mm. plyos down the next level that was that's so legit he slides off of it yeah and it's and it's so legit and everything about that chase scene was authentic whereas i feel like every time i watch hollywood and it's just the nature of film 
that it needs to be more expressive and a little bit more gimmicky to, to draw mm-hmm. attention. And that's fine. I have nothing against that. But it's not like that's not parkour, right? But when I watched that scene, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like that's if you were to do that exact same stunt, it would look exactly like that. Mm-hmm. There's no wires. There's no like he jumps and somehow he like it's a Marvel movie or something like that. So I've always felt like Hollywood's been a bit behind when it comes to stunts. Absolutely. As to what like what parkour athletes can do versus what they represent. Like I feel like three quarters of what was in the stunt works for the Marvel movies could have just been a parkour athlete mm-hmm. or a tricking athlete. Right. And it may have been, but then nerfed for the shot. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, that's the thing is they'll hire they'll hire amazing athletes and then they'll wire harness them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Just let him do his thing. It looks more authentic anyways. And they're like, ah, because he seems to fly 10 feet in the air. Yeah, if you even look at, what is it, six, uh, um, underground. Uh, yeah, six underground, you know, they wired up the store guys, case in point, right? Like, they didn't need to, but for liability reasons, they wire it. Some of those shots, I think maybe even I would have wanted. <laughs> I think, well, obviously I would have, but I think <laughs> if I were them, I would have wanted something tied to me. But yeah, I could see it getting in the way, but for liability reasons, they're doing it. With Hollywood, I was thinking more of like, it was just a, it would, Hollywood is, was taking from Hong Kong cinema, the action stuff that was being produced. And they were the medium, the vessel to sort of get it into the West is I haven't seen a ton of innovation on the Hollywood scene that comes anywhere near like something that. Yeah. And no, like when you, when you think about like early Hollywood cinema, it's definitely more like your James Bond shooting it's not this like martial blow arts car thing. yeah it's like it's more gun and right you know and more like this traditional close... western fighting right whereas like they're not actually interacting with each other physically it's like right. they're shooting at each other and he shoots his glasses off his face and he's like ah. yeah so hollywood is highly dependent on effects acting storyline yeah well you just look at like like um what's that cowboy um john wayne, john right? wayne. you watch mm-hmm. old john wayne films those are like your original like hollywood action mm-hmm. films right as right. far as they go and and Hong Kong cinema was very much like didn't have guns. It was definitely more combatants, right? So I do like that that we we've essentially now now we have uh, amazing films that are not kid appropriate, like John Wick, mm-hmm. that have beautiful choreography and beautiful like just like <laughs> weapon choreography that that feels authentic, even though I know nobody. And John Wick would have died thousands of times in those you films. You're just making this correlation, but when you say John Wick in Hollywood, I just think John Woo in Hong Kong cinema, because John Woo was Isn't the director. Uh, or I yeah, guess they got into directing, but, right? But those yeah. films were the like John Wick style, sh- sh- like sh- gun choreo, and in some cases, what were some of his movies? I'd have to go back and and look at them, but I remember watching them and just being like, oh, this is this is like gunfight choreography like a lot of that and so i'm hollywood is notorious for just taking what's working in other places diluting it and then like reselling it right um but yeah so i'll look i'll look that up i i can't represent it really well right now but when i think of the john woo stuff i think of you know we're sort of like boom 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 like they're shooting and there's like you know there's like choreography but it's gun choreography and it's really good for when it was um done so i think there's something to be discovered there too i guess the 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 one of the observations i made recently is that oftentimes we're thinking about when we think of the origins of parkour and what we train we're thinking about um method natural with the early david bell stuff yamakaze sebastian kukan like those guys who are kind of called like the founders 
And if we, but if we look at where they got their ideas, why, how they started training, we may not be doing that today. That may be like the, you know, the third, fourth generations down in, influenced by what other people are doing, but where did they get their ideas and where did they come up with those things? And we looked, when I read like, um, breaking the, uh, jump, um, uh, Julia Angel's book, there was like, well, they'd watch martial arts movies and they'd go out and imitate that training doing parkour in the streets with the tools that they had right mm. people would watch old jackie chan films they get they they see him like they get psyched out about it obviously jackie chan was in our face doing wall tap doing tic tacs for a very long time yeah. and then so that move was there it wasn't called parkour we could say oh well that's just peking opera beijing opera where like for hundreds of years they've been doing you know back handsprings off of tables but we weren't looking at that the west wasn't looking at that the founders of parkour weren't watching old videos of the beijing opera but jackie chan was presenting that through hong kong cinema and the shaw brothers were doing similar things with the older like styles too where you would have you would have flips and choreography and twists and things borrowed from wushu and, and acrobats in china then presented in media that's why i'm saying i think the film and the media stuff is so important i think it's that plus the philosophies of method natural that are probably the biggest pillars and influence in the creation. I mean, we'd have to ask those guys to really be sure of that, but that's the observation I'm making is I think we're downplaying how much influence is coming from movies, early movies in, in what we create and what we practice. I think, yeah, that in terms of talking about the founders, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, cause I think we all know our own personal motivations and we were, we started practicing parkour before it was in Hollywood. Um, so this was YouTube and David Bell, right? So yeah, before uh, YouTube, actually. Yeah, and before YouTube. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, oh, you dinosaurs, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, so in terms of us, yeah, or Jesse and I, in our generation of parkour, which I, I feel like is like the international jam generation, uh, we was definitely more original and trying to create stuff. And But yeah, if I were to think about where David Bell and, uh, and these more, the the first generation of athletes got their inf inspiration from, I, I would be clueless. So I imagine then there is room for them to be it's inspired like we, by. We've seen it like yeah. oscillate where it's yeah. like, it was originally these, these very well-known actors or actresses or stage, you know, stage actors or film actors that, and then inspired other people. And now it's almost in the inverse where you'll just find somebody in madrid who just happens to be amazing mm -hmm. who's doing something cool that then goes finds its way to film and cinema right or stage back the other uh, way yeah it goes back the other way whereas and i think that's just because our our methods of communication and media uh, content sharing is so much faster than it used to be it used to be your only content to consume was print or film right or stage right and so that's it so naturally yeah if you were gonna get any sort of inspiration from like a physical thing, you had to go see somebody on stage doing this stuff, or you had to go see a film where somebody was doing that stuff. So it's the only way it could have spread, mm -hmm. right? Because word of mouth and training is just, it's just not a very fast way. But now that we have so much media that can be pumped out immediately, film and cinema and stage can't keep up because those have to be choreographed and filmed and laid out and planned. Right. Whereas these Too clips on, on Instagram are, they're just, yeah, somebody's like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to try it. Oh, cool. Post it. Boom. Done. And so now it's like, now it's the inverse, which is, has always been my complaint about Hollywood stunts is that they feel inauthentic. Right. Because I know 
what the front line looks like. And I feel like I'm looking at something that's, you know, five years back. When we would always watch Kung Fu movies, that would be the, this big complaint is that we know what these people can do. You're not letting them do what they really can you're do. Throttled, yeah. Right. You're throttling it. And that's why certain artists like Donnie Yen, um, there was always the complaint with Jet Li, between Jet Li and Jackie Chan about how Chan stuff was a little less martial and a little more like you know, comedy stage comedy stagey yeah. stuff. But then on the Jet Li side, there was more martial, but there was wire work. Yep. And so there was that like, ah, you like them for different reasons. And then Donnie Yen came along and it's very gritty, like fighty, almost like you would imagine him or you'd imagine real fights to be. Like a, a mm -hmm. lot of his content was very gritty like that. And the same thing. Um, with Tony Ja, like a little bit later, but comes in and his stuff is like really violent, very like in in the weeds. Like a lot, of, there was a craving for that instead of like a lot of camera work. You just wanted to see yeah. him like run through stairs and like break fifty arms. Yeah, no, that's that. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's that's why Justin knows. That's why I like the John Wick series. People are like, oh, his movies have no story. It was about a dog, no. and then he murders thousands of people for a dog <laughs> and i was like all right well i'm not a dog person but like i feel like you guys should be behind that anyways like don't you guys like dogs but anyways no i like it because it feels like nobody somebody the the choreography team was like what's just the craziest thing we can do let's just like, let's just hard do, do it and like let's just make a story that justifies it and let's just do it. And they just went through it. And everybody's like, yeah, he would have died there and there and there. But it's just like nobody throttled him. They were just like, let's just go to the walls with this. Everything that we think we can do and make it look as good as we can. And right? there's also like a bit of honesty in there and that you know that not much of that is CGI, right? It's there's like, yeah, there's like a couple of scenes where he like falls. Like yeah, there's like the ending scene where he falls down in the alley and you're like, dead, 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 dead. dead, dead, dead. Okay. Well, but, someone but, did do that fall, though. It's true. Oh. They did do that exact fall. So it was CGI. The, but there were like pads. Because they had mats and stuff. Oh. Like he took the... Took yeah, it, right. However, how many That's feet true. that is, 40 feet or something, but... And, and, and our witness to that, or yeah, right, the original witnesses to that type of action cinema was Jackie falling off of buildings right <laughs> and, and i almost feel like he early cinema didn't have the budget to get wired up so he no. was like i'm just gonna do it because there's like, so oh, many scenes of him like going for something and then like bashing himself up and then like having to come back the next day to try it because he's injured or whatever mm -hmm. so. and so there's some honesty in there when you see yeah. that and then when you see the and that's why i think that the idea of being able to do that was probably put in people's heads. Like when you were watching it when you were younger, you knew Jackie did that. Like it was just like we knew it. It was a yeah. rule or yeah. just knew that was happening. When Jet Li, you know, jumps up two two buildings and he spins, it's really cool. But you know, he didn't do a two story vertical, right? Mm -hmm. Like we understand. Yeah. Okay, for other reasons, I'm interested in him, the nitty gritty fighting stuff, right? But but Jackie was out there doing stuff that you didn't think people could do. And that that inspired you to do things, and I and so I think he's he's special in that way. Hey, he's super special in that way. I'm I just think, saying, like, I, I think no one does what he does still. It's in, not like the skill film. level isn't yeah. there to match what Jackie does, but so it's time too, and that's it's, why it's yeah. important. Is that he was doing that when it wasn't being done? Mm -hmm. It was new at that time. To yeah. do it now is still to copy. Just like to have see someone do like Ilabaka do a Kong Gainer is to copy even though that's that was a long time ago yeah. or to watch someone do court priest 
right now is is to copy but it's almost still in that vein of like we're gonna go out and do something physical that's crazy and you're gonna you're gonna see it happen and it might inspire you to do it right that's still that's still different so all i want to do i think that is 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 take time to recognize that um parkour i feel like has a special relationship with um like i want to say media this is like colin was complaining about earlier this is not the media like fox news and cnn but media like it like uh b-boy parkour tricking are all special in that a lot of their origins and the inspiration for their content comes directly from having access to media like you Mm -hmm. saw you weren't the one there training with jackie but you saw it and you could receive some of his style and then you go and you do some stuff and you make something new the same thing with like um you know breaking battles the same thing with like people watching tricking moves watching people like jet lee and wushu athletes and sport karate dudes do stuff and they take it and they do it and i feel like we have a special relationship with the internet especially in parkour because of that we're, i oh, would yeah. say that we're one of the one of the original sports that was birthed from the media generation right? yes our sport absolutely would not I don't want to say it wouldn't exist, but it certainly wouldn't exist. No, it wouldn't. You're right. And anything close to to its capacity now without media content Mm -hmm. or the platforms that we currently have. I I kind of really feel like it was just waiting for that medium to appear because I, because I think about it, it's natural to move in the way that we do to swing and to jump. So how it didn't get, (laughs) you know, crystallized in any other culture until social media showed up. It, uh, there's, there is some sort of bond there, uh, that grew together. Yeah. Cause it's we like, have gymnastics, right? From the Greeks. You have some, and you have, have acrobats. And they were doing long jump and we have swinging from gymnastics and we have well, circus. We've, we've had a, you can find tons of clips of like 1940s, like yep. circus acrobats or, you know, standalone like stage actors who did like, pretty insane stuff right who were doing like corks off of tables and landing on a chair and being like oh mm-hmm. right but it just there wasn't any media to be spread around so it. nobody ever heard about that so i i do like that theory that it's like it's always been just sleeping and finally we had a catalyst that allowed it to get to everybody in the in a short amount of time mm-hmm. so that it you know the people that were truly interested in it were actually able to engage and connect with it Whereas before, there was just such a slight chance that you might come across it. Mm. And so I would like to say, make make this this statement that um, is early early in history. Um, it was Novus, and, and I just like was messing with it today, like uh, uh, like Justin. No, he's got a Justin, but my fidgety thing Travis, doesn't make noise. Travis, Have you heard Travis it? Fidget, Travis You've not heard it. I'm also not playing with those. Like visually my... super loud. It was visually <laughs> super loud. <laughs> I'm just hearing it through my eyes right now. It's just <laughs> deafening. So what I want to say is that I think parkour has is one of the first disciplines to have digital co-founders. Hmm. Meaning we have there are our co-founders were human, but they weren't <laughs> but they weren't delivered in by human means, right? Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. basically not AI, but you know what I mean? That's kind of like what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Is that you needed it. They needed to be taught, like... Well, and with the ability for people to connect with each other, you know, having never met each other, but still be able to share content and share Mm -hmm. growth and 
progress and ideas is certainly something that that led to parkour where it is now right because i was thinking about i was thinking about this really hard and i was like it always kind of it's not a pet peeve but i could kind of see where i would be like kind of a nerd or some people would be a nerd in saying this where they'd be like well actually the first person to do a cork was in 500 bc and blah 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 but it's like yeah but we didn't see that it probably was right i mean we see examples of primates doing backflips for the fun of it like i've seen I've seen like monkeys do backflips just because it seemed like that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> flyways too, yeah. Oh yeah, the flyways. Oh, and then this isn't even getting them given foods, right? But but that doesn't really translate to what we do today. What I'm looking for is like what was really something that we knew we could tie to the past. And that's why I'm just thinking, like, really it's like it's like probably David Bell being like listening to a story about stories about his family and method natural and his idea of like of method natural and applying it in, in modern terms and those philosophies and then watching Shaw Brothers and Jackie Chan and getting inspired by martial arts to to train in that way and to see how Jackie explores environments in that way and early, earlier than, than um, earlier Kung Fu movies would have been like the Shaw Brothers stuff where they were just like factory farming Kung Fu movies essentially like these people lived in this in this studio like hundreds of actors and they just woke up every day and they're like boss was like you will make kung fu movies and they sat and they, drew, they it's serious they churn them out like it's literally like this you watch these documentaries it's hilarious oh they literally gosh. it's kind of like yeah it, they get stuck in this studio like original film incubator <laughs> yes yeah. it was a film incubator and these guys are making pennies and they're just like you will make one movie a week or something like that and you'll wake up and you'll shoot and you'll reinvent the story it was like that and so but but those guys were doing the the like kind of stunty flippy martial artsy stuff that someone would be like oh man i kind of want to flip off something hmm. you know and i recently found um and i don't know i can't remember honestly if this was because of uh because i'd seen like david bell's films uh or documentaries or not i remember seeing it and this may have had something to do with it but i just because i was it was the holidays and i was doing like the do you guys watch national lampoon's christmas vacation have you seen that movie before yeah yeah, Christmas oh, yeah. Vacation. Right, yeah. It's a classic, right? And in that he gets stuck in his attic and he's watching old film because he gets locked in his attic. So he's watching old film of his past or whatever. So I was doing the, the Christmas Vacation thing, digging through old mm. like tapes, like high eight tapes, right? And I found a video of me training a wall flip in like from like 2002 or three. Nice. So now I have early historical evidence of practicing. Because <laughs> this was not Kung Fu. You guys, you'll, yeah. I'll show you the video. This was absolutely <laughs> me practicing a wall flip, just as you would see it today. If you'd be like, that's, yeah, that's what we were all trying to do back then. So I'm like wondering how much of the influence and the overlap is there, but we just, the names weren't there for it. And then at what point do we start saying, well, this was parkour and this wasn't. I just think it's kind of pretentious and nerdy to go back and be like, well, the ancients were doing parkour. But yeah. we all have trouble with accepting that, right? That they were? Yeah. No, I have no trouble with that. No, I mean, like, they're doing parkour, but to, but it's like, that was that the same parkour that um, oh, David no. Bell, you know, Sebastian Pekan and the Yamakaze promoted? Uh, yeah, I still have no problem saying that. Okay. I only have problems with people being like, oh, I used to do that when I was a kid. And I was like, what, in the woods of Alabama? Yeah. You yeah, there's you no real parkour. parkour. You were just running through the bushes. Right. right? And that's just think, being a kid. 
I yeah, just because you jumped over a ditch once doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you did you parkour. Did okay, yeah. but, but there were absolutely people who used to train gymnastics and then they would go outside and they would see something and we're talking like BC Greek and they'd see something and they'd be like, hey, I do, I, you know, yeah, we go, I would do the pommelers in the gym and that is practically the same thing and then they goof off on it, right? Now that I would say is the essence of parkour is right. taking something that you've learned in an isolated environment and then extrapolating it and applying it to everywhere else to a challenge. Right? It's like that's, that's the essence of parkour. Mm-hmm. So I would be willing if they were like, "Was this guy doing parkour?" I'd be like, "Well, what was it? I what was his mindset? Was his mindset? I have this thing and I want to do this thing here because I just want to." Then yeah, that was parkour. Absolutely, I would give that. But yeah, if you were like just out there running through the dishes, like chasing your dogs or whatever, that's that's not parkour. Your mindset. Wasn't I think we've talked about this before right? yeah we have we have talked about like yeah like the spirit and the discipline differences but what i want to what i'm curious about carbon out of you guys is if you think that it was was it parkour before we called it parkour and do do the the founders which they're you know called those original groups um who promoted it and the name of it uh own title to uh, what do they own title I, to? I know I they own my, title to something, but what do they own? Ti- what's the breadth of that? Would you? I guess that my answer would start off with like a question: Is do you, people fighting hand to hand combat in ten thousand BC? Would you call that martial arts? I mean, it's would be it would be called mar. Yeah, I would call it martial arts. Um, I might go a step further, and would it be? Kung Fu, or would it be Wushu, or would it be Karate? It, you know, it, it, mm, that's a tough one. That's tough, right? <laughs> because it wouldn't be that name. You would be it doing be that, that thing. Style. They might even beat them at what they're doing. That's the problem, right? Yeah, so then, so that's why I've, I've always said, and this is, this is just me personally, that free running is parkour. Absolutely. Because I would say, again, if they're doing hand-to-hand combat because they're just wrestling with each other in 10,000 BC, no, that's not martial arts. If they're studying how to be better at that, that is martial arts. Mm-hmm. If they're like, hey, let us wrestle so that the next time our tribes encounter each other, we are stronger we and better. We train that right? We train intentionally. Mm-hmm. That's martial arts. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, is it karate or is it TKD or wushu? Mm-hmm. Right? No. Because the style hadn't been developed yet, right? right. And those there, there's those like template moves, right? But parkour has has moves that that are commonly associated with parkour, but I don't think are just tied to parkour, mm-hmm. right? Like you could do a Kong vault with a rifle. In fact, the military has been vaulting over walls for years with rifles. So why do we get to say that's inherently just parkour, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, sorry, tangent. My my point being is like if you are training with the intention then that would be parkour. Yeah, I think the thing that's unique about parkour is that we train the skills, the specific skills. So we train Kong, and we train Lache, and we train uh, wall runs, vaulting, and tic-tacs. And we have names for these moves where I don't think that is anything that has been defined in the past. Right? Yeah, but I I would almost Mm. say that we... Because I do know examples of this. It could have died and and just not been remembered but i do think parkour uh, i would call anyone training jumping across across gaps or swinging from branch to branch parkour and if and if i just look all the way back in the past if i saw some 
because we still call I would still call Gibbons the way they swing. I feel like it's parkour because it inspires me to do what they're doing and to and train legit those moves. So I would call anything back there parkour, but I I do think parkour needs to be a little more um, specialized in the way that martial arts is. Is that we call everything parkour right now, and it includes flips and it includes. Uh, I don't even want to mention his name right now. <laughs> what Pasha does, the moves that he has, it's, it it kind of gets included in there, even though it doesn't oh, really? have the intention, right? I, I almost feel like... I think parkour needs to be uh, named and specialized in the way that gymnastics has events, where it has bars and it has uh, unparalleled bars and it has floor routines. Closer. Whoa. And it's Whoa. getting that way because we have skill. <laughs> we have skill parkour. We have speed parkour. We yeah. have free running. We have style. So this, it's getting there. And I think that those still fall under the word of uh, umbrella, right? And I, I want to move. I, I personally hate that when people say someone isn't doing parkour because they did a flip. I think we're way past that now. Way past that, right? Um, we should be. <laughs> we should be. So if we if we can get over that hurdle, then yeah, anything that someone did that was training to improve on it, training to improve a jump or twenty training to improve a vault, that should be included in part. So I, I I think we're, we're saying team. the same thing. Yeah, I yeah, I want to disagree. I'm with a, I want some clarification. So I I would equate and martial arts is just the easiest one, right? Mm-hmm. Martial arts has literally tens of thousands of disciplines mm-hmm. underneath it, right? True. That are styles. We'll say, I think parkour and martial arts are of the equivalency categorization wise, right? Like if there's like if you have like species and then you have race, yes, right? (laughs) Like I think they're of the same category, and I think things like free running and tricking and these other disciplines fall under parkour, right? I would even I I would even say like ninja warrior stuff falls under parkour. I know it hurts to claim it. It It hurts. hurts to claim it. Okay, but I think it does, right? The same way, and, and that's okay that, that a lot of these people are like, well, we're nothing like those. They'd be like, yeah, TKD is nothing like uh, Krav Maga, right? But they would both still say they are martial artists, mm-hmm. right? So the same way that like somebody who's tricking and somebody who's doing Ninja Warrior will say like, well, we're, we don't do the same thing at all. But the, the principles of what they do, which is like taking these elements and trying to bring these unique style, they, they inject themselves into their movement, is the essence of parkour. Yeah, you're right? saying... So you're saying the same, something similar, right? Yes. We just need more of those little labels. Yes, I do okay. think parkour, um, because the name is so recognizable and it sticks so well and has become such a, like, uh, you know, it's sensation, I do believe that it needs to broaden its... It's, you know, the things that are underneath its umbrella. So I think that I want to add some analogous stuff to that, to martial arts, because it's interesting that you point that out, Jesse, because it truly has um, developed in a very similar way where similar problems present, where people observe things about it, and then they want to name it, but they don't want to name it, and so on and so forth. So I think we're looking at, the, we're looking at that stuff as, under, as the same species, but under a different um, genius, I think would be the anthropological term that we might start to split those out. I mean, we're looking at the difference between we're all humans, but maybe you're Neanderthal and I'm um, Homo sapien, and this guy's Denisovan. I mean, you've got the beard. Red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not tall enough. You're just Neanderthal. I know. Okay. Oh, they were taller, eh? Yeah, you're the yeah. Neanderthal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, 23 of me says a little bit, but so the so there's so there's 
that aspect in Chinese. And I think, tell me, I mean, parkour works this way too. Like you might look at someone and you, you could use parkour as a verb. Hmm? You could also use it as um, an adjective. And yeah, you could, park, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, you could say someone has good parkour, blah, blah, blah. In Chinese, they have the term Kung Fu, right? We all know this term, but the term is not actually to used to describe martial arts. Martial arts is Wushu in Chinese. Um, Kung Fu or Kung Fu was a term that simply means describes something that someone has done that includes hard work and skill. And if you want to get more specific, the, the word Fu is the number two and the word for person. The word Gong is like work and um, power. Li is power, Gong and Li. So it's work and power and skill when you break it down. In, Ch in Chinese, when you say, oh, I practice Gong Fu, what you might mean that you do wushu, right? You might means you go out and do the forms and do the fighting and stuff like that. But they would also say, oh, like if you do art or art might be, it is used that way, but like a better stretch to understand would be like, if you're just really skilled at something, they could be like, oh, his art gong fu is really good, right? Mm -hmm. It would be a play on the word, but it doesn't certainly mean that. We see that happening with parkour. They were like, oh yeah, you know, his Minecraft parkour is really good, right? It's not, <laughs> right? We know that no one's doing parkour in Minecraft, right? But that's how it's used. So we see that term being used yeah. in different ways. So you would move, it can be both is what I'm saying. It can evolve culturally and mm -hmm. still there's room for it and it's under, and it's understandable. Yeah. Um, so it, so it, can, it can evolve, it can evolve that way. Like you're saying, Yeah. Like you want more specificity, but that's the same thing as someone is saying, I'll say, I think if we say Kung Fu, we need to really be saying, Wushu, you need to be saying Taekwondo, you need to be saying the different northern, southern styles, you need to be saying those sort of Yeah, things. I just think it it uh, it kind of um, simmers down the like argument that parkour gets and the um, just, uh, just the heated debates that we have over what can be called parkour and what's not, but it's it's just such a broad topic uh, and, and what we allow in there is broad topic, but it's like it feels like they're just small segments that are like you know, because we had this kind of this debate when we had, did Orbit and Terra, and it was like, well, you guys are trying to rewrite parkour. Mm -hmm. You're trying to come up with your own name for it. And uh, yes and no, but we were just we just didn't want to have the debate with people online over yeah. over what was parkour right? at that time. That was because we wanted to teach stuff that was outside of what people considered parkour at that time, um, and we wanted to teach a class that was just on acrobatics. Right, and that included tricking and breakdancing and free running. So, um, so yeah, I just I just think it needs more de uh, you delineation. Know, delineation, yeah, delineation. very good. So you're not proposing that it be renamed. I think you're just proposing that we allow subsets. Yeah, we allow for subsets. Yep. And then you can call it something different if you want, but you just acknowledge its history mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. I think that's what I'm interested in historically. Is just looking at it and saying. A lot of this argument about what we are and what we aren't comes from a very strict um, perspective of David Bell and the Yamakaze, because Sebastian was always more open to stuff, which is why free running came about as a term, right? He, yeah. Maybe he was the yeah. first one to do this, which you're talking about. Yes, well, that's a, yeah, I do think that's where my idea would, would come from, is that he, because he had the same exact motivation for creating free running as we did for Terra in Orbit, and that he was just like, well, I want this to be uh, a name that people can associate with and, and feel free to define as they want. Right? With this approach. Right. right. And um, yeah. And he just didn't want to be bound by the definition of this really strict, pure parkour. So. Right. 
and and I think also they had they were at that time trying to create a, la- a language that would be more easily understood in yeah. like the UK, right? Yeah. yeah. So so you have that, and then I would like to to further liberate that opportunity by saying that if we imagine as we try and draw a straight line, which I think is a little ethnocentric, back through um, method natural, then we're always going to be bound by this practicality being at the core yeah. of parkour. But if we can admit that the founders were heavily influenced by at least maybe not Hollywood, but Hong Kong cinema, then we can leave room for this creative piece because it was technically early digital content, even though it might not have been digital at that time, mm-hmm. that had an influence on it. Yeah. I would, I mean, I would have to, uh, I mean, how do we know? How do we know? That well, we know that it? in Julia Angel's okay. book, Breaking the Jump, she interviewed the founders and said That's that the early influences yeah. were, were based on um, action movies and watching martial arts movies and then reading about family who had practiced method natural and and so it may not have been uh, 50 for 50 50. you don't train uh method natural and you don't train uh george hubert's philosophy and get to where we are today there needs to be something else added to it right yeah yeah that's uh, that's kind of was going to be my coin is that i do think that we we and I've certainly been guilty of it of saying that parkour is somehow inherently more practical um, than its alternatives. But the reality is, it's it's not. Never has been. You, what's practical is me learning how to run ten miles, and I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, because it's not fun. Um, and so, like, that's the practical thing. Is like I learned to run, and every you know half mile I do a vault because that's probably realistic. If I had to run to old town right now, it would be a straight shot along Mulberry mm-hmm. and maybe I would jump a rail, you know? So I, I think that the argument that we've always been about like practicality is, is maybe not that true. Um, I mean, that's okay. Like, like that's, ever, that's all yeah. right. Let's just like, let's just be yeah. rid of this, this yeah. like straight edge philosophy that we keep trying to box ourselves in. When literally nobody who's in there, except for maybe one dude in a basement, still watching, like, you know, old, early 2000s parkour videos, still believes that, like, parkour is about this, like, I've got to be strong to be useful thing. Like, that sounds like CrossFit. Let's just let them (laughs) have it. It does. And it isn't that practical. And let's let us just have fun and move. Mm -hmm. And that can all be parkour. Right? Yep. I, 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 that's why I want to inject it more. I want to create not that space, that space for dialogue with it to say, Hey, you know what? Mm, there were other influences. And if you know that, then you have that freedom. It breaks that up because people are always going to double mm-hmm. down. Like you're saying, they're going to go back and be like, no, bell, Iber. <laughs> and you're going to be like, but that those dudes were watching other stuff. Like they were, they were inspired by other groups. It's like early break dancers. If you go back and you watch their history, this is why I find these parallels with our stuff. It's so amazing. If you go back and I was recently trying to dig into break dance history and it was like people, um, in, uh, the Bronx who were trying to be seen because they were, they didn't have a lot of mediums. They, they were poor or they were just not being heard and they wanted to be seen and recognized. So they start doing things. They're outlandish and battling and showing each other up and doing essentially dance stunts, right, in order to be seen to some degree. And where did they gather their influence? They watch Hong Kong cinema. They go watch Kung Fu movies. They go watch um, uh, different dancers. Like 
tap dance and, and jazz. They'd watch little movements from there. They'd borrow a little bit and they'd take it. This sounds a lot like someone trying to come up with a parkour line. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going, you're going to watch a little other spot for some inspiration. It doesn't have a medium, doesn't have anything to do with you. They were watching Capoeira. They were watching Hong Kong cinema. They were watching tap dancers and they were learning how to be showmen um, from theater. And then they were going out and they were having, they were presenting those authentic expressions in order to be seen. You know, when I was before I, when I was a kid, before I had a, um, I had a video game that I wanted one time and it wasn't out or I couldn't buy it. So I just like cut out like drawings of the characters in the video game. And I'm like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like that level of like, sad. That, right. <laughs> but it was just on a road trip. It wasn't like I was at home with like just a dirt floor or something like that. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to do whatever I can to reinvent that scenario in my mind. And that's where I think what would have happened is something similar, like a lonely David Bell or Lamakazi were running around like, oh, let's train, let's do this thing. And then they're like, oh, man, I was just kept on watching Jackie and blah, blah, blah. Or like, oh, I was listening to the story about my dad training in this way or whatever, blah, blah, blah. They hear that and they just go outside. It's the same scenario as going out alone because you're probably bored. And I don't know if those guys were poor, but you're just like, let's face it. If you go out to train like that, you just don't have a lot going on, <laughs> right? Like you're yeah. just left alone with your own ambition mm-hmm. and like, a school building, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's why that's why I think we can be freed a little bit of that like feeling that like everything's so freaking like you're saying like serious and practical. Yeah. Well, and it's just you know if you if we just use the broad term of parkour and everything that the media represents it as, you are so free to do just about everything, right? Unless you are hitting another person. Right, and, and that makes it like martial arts. Martial arts, or you're moving to music specifically for the rhythm, and now you're in dance. dance you're in parkour, mm-hmm. and that's great. And you don't have to label it until it becomes something more, mm-hmm. or you feel like you have something that's unique enough that it deserves its own label. And in which case, that'll just happen on its own, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if we just like we just like it's it's parkour, and if you have this very unique like parkour and tap dance shoes, just to use mm-hmm. the the tap dance example yeah and i that would be interesting sure I'm but it sure somehow, Alex has done it. it somehow becomes a thing then you can label it right but otherwise you just like be free and you don't have to be like oh i'm not doing parkour because i got tap dance shoes on uh you'd be like well people are doing parkour and they're barefoot so are they not doing parkour or are they doing more real parkour right like, what is it right it's like no they're just doing parkour and let the media represent it as just the big old sphere that is parkour. And also this idea, I think that what you're, what you're pinning down is just this, that there's, there needs to be this monolithic approach to, to parkour movement, right? You can have a little bit of something else in it and it's not like, it doesn't have to be as monolithic. You're not fixed to, it, it has to be pure parkour in order to be practiced righteously. Yeah, well, I, I guess, I, yeah, I'm just saying that like parkour isn't, isn't one thing. Mm-hmm. And to say it's one thing, is to lie mm-hmm. to yourself and everybody that does parkour. Parkour is not a monolith then. Yeah, because it's like saying martial arts is just punching people in the face. You're like, well, no, that's actually, that's actually boxing. And you'd be like, but are you punching with gloves or not gloves? Mm-hmm. Right? And now we got into these differences, and then you're like, okay, well, so it's just... It, it's a broader it's term. It's pointless. Yeah, to get into that debate. It's just, it's it's the catch-all term, and it's great. Let's just own it. Let's yeah. roll with it. It gives you some freedom. Yeah, and then it, it frees us, like you're saying, to watch things from early Hong Kong cinema or 
from wherever we may get it, right? From tribal dances in Africa Mm -hmm. and be like, that's awesome. I want to include that in my practice and still be authentic to parkour. Yeah. Right. You don't have to feel like by taking this thing and adding it to your movement practice that you've seen media wise, that you're now being inauthentic to what you're doing. Right. That's I get that a lot too because I've been doing some stuff and, and, and I have like some intention with like taking some b-boy and, and integrating with, with different ideas that I have and then people are just like oh well he's b-boying he's not training parkour I'm like well, you don't know you don't know, what <laughs> yeah. you don't know what I'm scheming yeah right it's true any last words on that yeah Justin what do you think do you agree or you still want no you yeah. want the genius no, I, of- well because if if I were to define, or if I were to line up my parkour training with the traditional definition of it, I've never done parkour. Right. right. I've, I've always, I've always integrated it with things that were never practical or even linear. <laughs> right. I was always doing flips, or I was doing break dancing in the middle of it. I had windmill forever, and I've thrown that in parkour videos. Yeah, since. and handstands. You've been handstands. right. And handstands are definitely handstands. not like. A parkour thing. If you're the worm, which is breakdance. Yeah. Well, they are a parkour thing now. But mm-hmm. so yeah, that's I'm because I've so I've just always had that, you know, starting point. Is that it's just like if if, if you want to define parkour as something true, then I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> Except for maybe like one time where you're like, oh no, I got to get to class on time, and so you're running through a crowd of people through high school, and you like yeah climb up the railing to the second floor yeah. and then you run to your class that that's about the closest mm-hmm. to true parkour i've ever done and now we'll never be able to do it because zoom school is zoom school you'll never <laughs> be able to run to class yeah <laughs> you'll still be late but you, <laughs> you won't have to run this time that's great that's funny well thanks for tuning in everybody um if you are listening to us on any of your major podcast platforms you can also watch us on youtube and reverse if you're watching us on youtube thanks for tuning in and uh checking out our pretty faces you can also listen to us on the go on any major podcast platform thanks so much and we'll catch you next time